The Old Testament reading is by the inspired prophet Isaiah, chapter 35, beginning at the fourth verse. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be open, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is recorded by the inspired writer James, beginning at the second chapter. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts. Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. And then we move down to verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. This is the word of the Lord. We rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel, as recorded by St. Mark, chapter 7, verses 31 through 37. The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the seventh chapter. 
Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment. And they begged him to lay his hand on him. And taking him aside from the crowd privately, he put his fingers into his ears and after spitting, touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. And Jesus charged them to tell no one. But the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. This is the gospel of the Lord. Be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our sermon text is the gospel lesson. I will just reread it again so it will be fresh in our minds. Then Jesus returned from the region of Tyre and went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee, through the region of the Decapolis. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they sought him to lay his hand upon him. And taking him aside from the multitude privately, he put his fingers into his ears and he spit and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. And he charged them to tell no one, but the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond all measure, saying, He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and the dumb speak. Thus far, our text. I think you and I know someone together. You know Pastor Kerry Rickert, right? He came here, I think, just after Pastor Blaine retired, and he served you for a little while. Uh, he is now... Uh, encountered some physical concerns so it's not able to serve at the moment but I met Carrie Rickert if memory serves me right back in 1986 I was at a circuit meeting and Pastor Heineke Paul Heineke from the district was there and I asked him whatever happened to Wally Nice and deaf ministry. Now some of you who are maybe a little bit older may remember Wally Knight. He hailed out of Flint. And you know there was a state deaf school in Flint. So all the deaf children would gather there and we oft times would plant churches nearby. And St. Paul's Flint is there and they had a deaf church. And Wally Nice served them for many years, and then for some reason, I wasn't seeing him anymore. 
So the next thing I know, I get a phone call from Kerry Rickert. He's the chairman of the Deaf Committee at the district, and he wants to know if I will be on the committee. The one who asks the question, you know, gets the work. <laughs> so then I'm on the committee. And then Wally Nice used to serve Flint, Lansing, Muskegon, uh, Traverse City, of course Flint, and Saginaw, I think. So he made this sort of horseshoe route, and he did that once a month. So the deaf only heard, at least in these areas, only heard the gospel from the pastor once a month. So somehow word got around the deaf community. And let me tell you, and you probably know this, word travels fast in the deaf community. <laughs> it's funny. It, it really goes out like wildfire. So in January, the first Sunday in January, I noticed a gentleman with a young boy with him. And then I noticed that the young boy was sitting there signing to the man. And afterwards, they spoke to me. And the, the young man was uh, the grandson of the deaf man that was there with him. The next Sunday, we had about 25 deaf people in our church. And they got their own interpreter. And from that time on, I was in deaf ministry serving them, which was a great honor to serve them. So this tax kind of is special to my heart. For uh, I have served many of them and have had the honor of instructing some. I don't recall if I've ever baptized any. I don't think uh, I did that. But uh, we had their funerals. We served them in the hospital. And we served the mighty with the gospel many times. So, as I said, this is a, a dear text to me that uh, we see our Lord receiving the deaf into his presence and giving them their hearing. Uh, this is really quite interesting, I think, because he's in the Decapolis, which is not Israelite territory, you know. This is, uh, uh, anyway, a lot of unbelief there. And they, who is this anonymous they, bring to him this deaf man who couldn't hear and he had an impediment of speech. Well, if you've ever known any deaf people, if they can't hear, how can they learn how to speak? That's a huge challenge. Now, they, a lot of times they conquer it, but you can distinguish sometimes or detect uh, you know, little differences in their speech. So this man was deaf, and he couldn't speak well. He had an impediment. And they bring him to Jesus. You know, the, the word about Jesus just spread like wildfire. And when he would heal people, the word really went out. So day in and day out, he was followed by just hundreds and thousands of people. They would just gather 
and they knew that he was able to heal, and they would bring their sick to him. And those that like here, uh, the man couldn't hear, blind men, you know, even Mary and Martha uh, prevailed upon him, although he took his time, prevailed upon him to come down and save their brother, Lazarus. So even the dead he would sometimes raise. So word about Jesus spread, spread out. And these people, of course, had heard about him. They bring the deaf man to him and they implore him or they beg him over and over again to do something for this man. Uh, it's quite remarkable, I think, that Jesus takes the man away from the crowd so that they can be alone, so that Jesus can focus on the man and the man can focus on Jesus. You know, now this happens to us occasionally. It happened to you in your baptism where at that moment Jesus was focusing only on you. The pastor in Jesus' stead was focusing on you with the word of God that then God was going to adopt you and bring you into his family. And at that moment, he's thinking intently about you. He loves you. He created you. You are his child. Then in Holy Communion, when the pastor brings you the body of Christ, at that moment, Jesus is focusing only on you, his special, precious child. And at that moment, he wants to assure you again that you are his child and that he has forgiven you and he's constantly forgiving you. So it is with the deaf man. He takes him aside and focuses intently upon this man. And he wants this man to focus on him too and see him not just as his healer, he wants him to see him as his savior, which is different. That's more important. Jesus can heal us of all our afflictions. He can give us everything our little hearts desire. He can do miraculous things, and he does. But sometimes it's not for our best that he gives us everything. But in this case, with this deaf man, he wanted to heal him. As with the blind man in John 9, you might remember, the disciples asked him, why is this man blind? Was it his parents' fault? That's really blaming sin. Somebody has to sin for anything bad to happen. That's the way they thought. Or was it the man? Who sinned? His parents or him? 
that the guy is born blind. That's how the disciples thought. But Jesus said, no, no. He was born blind to reveal the glory of God because God was about to give him his sight. And that was going to reveal not just that Jesus is a healer, but can you give anybody their sight? Can you give anybody their healing, hearing? Of course not. So he's an unusual guy. What is it? Who is this guy? Well, you have to come to the conclusion he is none other than God in our flesh. This must be the promised Messiah. And that's what Jesus wanted this man to come to this conclusion. So, he puts his fingers in his ears. It's interesting, isn't it? The deaf man. Puts his fingers in his ears. And then he spits. Now, this is unusual, too. Now, he doesn't really tell us. Mark doesn't really tell us. I mean, did he turn his head and spit? Did he spit on his hand? What did he do? We don't really know. And, you know, a lot of times people love to speculate on things we don't know about. And sometimes people spend more time speculating about something we don't know about than to deal with what we do know about. We do know that he spit and that he then touched the man's tongue. Now, whether he spit on his hand and put the spit on his tongue or not, if I came up to you and said, stick out your tongue, and I touched your tongue, you probably wouldn't like that. <laughs> First of all, you want to know, what are you doing? And then second, you might want to know, did you wash your hands? <laughs> I mean, this is unusual. Very unusual that anybody would reach out and touch another person's tongue. But that's what Jesus did. And then he sighs, you know. I don't know, how, how do you sigh? And he looks up to heaven. And he speaks this Aramaic word, Ephatha. One word, Ephatha. And the man's ears were opened, the text says, and his tongue was loosed. And he could hear and he could speak plainly. Now, if you know anything about deafness, this man had never heard speech before. Yesterday, I was honored to have a baby, a little girl, three months old, visit me. She doesn't know how to talk. How old were your children when they first spoke? You know, when we first came into this world, we didn't instantly know language. We learn it from our parents. This man had never heard language before. 
How could he speak plainly? By the gift of God. My friend, Bill, whose grandson, Lance, came with him to our church early 1987, had no hammers. You know how your ears work? You have a hammer and you have an anvil. And when I am talking and you are hearing, your anvil or your hammer is going like this on your anvil. And it creates sound that gets translated, you know. Bill had no hammers. Bill was what we would refer to as stone deaf, which is a strange expression, right? He had, Bill could absolutely hear no sounds. Nothing. I mean, you and I cannot imitate deafness. You know, when I was in taking sign language and we had to supposedly go to the mall and act like we were deaf and try and talk to people with our hands in sign language and see if we could find any deaf people. Well, if you stuffed your ears full of cotton, you can't even come close to being deaf as Bill. This man had never heard words before. He was deaf. But now he could speak plainly. Now that in itself, of course, is a huge miracle. So it isn't just that Jesus gave him his hearing and his speech, but he gave it to him that he could do it plainly. The man was focusing on Jesus. And Jesus wanted the man to see him as his Savior. Look, with one word, he spoke and it happened. With a word, God created this vast universe and all that dwells within it. God's word is all-powerful. When he speaks, things happen. When he says to us at the end of our divine services, the Lord bless you and keep you. When these words of his are spoken, that is actually happening. God's blessings are coming upon you. It's not just some, oh, I'll see you later. Goodbye. Till next time. No, when God speaks, it actually happens. When we were baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, it actually happened that he created faith within our hearts and the triune God came to live within us and enabled us to hear his word and believe it. When I and other pastors 
Pastor Blaine, for many years he served you, stood before you and said, in the stead and by the command of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. God actually forgave you your sins then. When he speaks, it happens. Jesus said, Ephatha, and his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. And he charged them to tell no one, which might puzzle us. Why? Why didn't he want them to go and tell as they did? Mark says the more he charged them, the more they told. He wanted the man and those who brought him to know that he's not just their healer from physical healing, but spiritual. He is actually their savior. He is the promised one God promised way back in the garden to Adam and Eve. He is the promised one who has come in our flesh to bear our sins and pay our debts. That's the purpose of all these miracles, is to prove to us and the rest of the world that this humble-looking carpenter is actually God in our flesh, our Savior. Amazing. Amazing. And that's what Jesus wanted this man and those who brought him to know. I, I don't, I'm not just a healer. I don't just give deafness to people because I'm here to heal your physical ailments. I'm here for greater reasons. Those are important reasons. But I'm here to die in your stead that you might have forgiveness and the certain hope of eternal life. Jesus healed the deaf man that we might see him as our Savior. God grant this to all of us. Amen.